Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Yeah, as Jared saying, as Jared said, we have been finished. We're finishing a three-week series talking about the main thing. So, if this is your first night tonight, we welcome you. And uh, what we've done at the beginning of each message, we've played a short video clip. And there are a couple advertisements that Pepsi put together in which they got uh, some professional NBA players to dress up as old people and go play basketball at a local court. And so we played that video, one, because it's pretty mean to watch that, and two, because these people know what their main thing is. These basketballers know what their main thing is. So we've just, uh, we, were, we could have played the third video, but it doesn't quite get much better than the first two. So I've just taken two clips, 45 seconds of my favourite part from the second one. So we're just going to watch that. So good. So I just wanted everyone, if, if you're visiting for the first time, to be able to just catch up with that, what we've been watching. And we watched that primarily because these guys highlighted a group of people who know what their main thing is. That they're, Their main thing, it has always been and it will always be about... Buckets, well done, well done. Um, I do love how they've identified the main thing and how they're choosing to pursue that. And so I ask everyone here again, or if it's your first time, what is the main thing in your life? What is the buckets for you in your life? What is the thing that your life is revolving around? <clears throat> we all have a main thing. It's just that some people understand that main thing and they intentionalize it. And everyone else lets someone else choose that for them. And what I mean by that is if you haven't chosen in your life what the main thing is in your life, then someone else has chosen for you. That as you've grown up, if you haven't made an intentional decision to choose what the main thing is you want your life to be about, then someone else has made that decision for you. So we put the question out there, what is the main thing in your life? What is the main thing that captures your attention and your affection? What is the main thing you think about? And what is the thing that has your affection that draws you towards it? I'm just going to show a quick photo on the screen. This is my sister and my five-month-year-old niece. And it's really hard whenever we go around for family dinners for uh, Lila there not to be the main thing, not to be the thing that everyone thinks about and just is drawn towards. My sister said she's gotten used to people not saying hi to her anymore. She just walks in the house and everyone goes straight for the baby. And so it's a real picture of what it is for something to have your affection, for something to be the main thing in a moment for you to be drawn towards that thing. Now, unfortunately, for some people, that might be pornography or that might be a particular addiction. But when the main thing is the main thing in your life, it is the thing you think about and it is the thing that you are drawn towards. And then Jared got up last week and uh, he chewed. <laughs> and then he chewed some more. And then he chewed a little more until every person would remember that chewing is like meditating. Chewing on food is like thinking on a thought. And he explained that meditation isn't just for Eastern religion. Meditation is when you think on something, when you think about something. So hands up if you haven't thought today. So, so each of us have meditated today. We all meditate. And Jared asked the question, what is the main thing you're meditating on? What is the main thing in your thought life that you're processing, that you're chewing on? Because the main thing that you're meditating on, as Jared said, will determine your destiny. It's where you're going. What is the main thing that you're thinking about in your life? 
What is the main thing in your life right now? The thing that you're meditating on, the thing you are chewing on the most. I know that many of you have taken that moment to consider what the main thing is in your life, but I want to just ask you it again because it's a process of understanding truth grows. Like you can know the answer and put it this way, hands up if you're a little smarter this year than you were last year. All of us, I hope. And so, so we learn, we discover, we understand. So I want you to continue to think about what is the main thing in your life because you can think you know what that is, but then next week you find out by your actions and your thoughts that actually maybe the main thing is something else. What is the, um, <clears throat> what is the main thing that's currently giving you purpose, identity, and value? What is your main reference point for how you see life and how is that going for you? A challenge we all face from time to time is when we make the main thing in our life something temporary and, and, and of, that has lack of substance. When we make the main thing in our lives something temporary and that does not actually have substance, something that is dependent upon the ups and downs of the world. That's the challenge that we all face when we make something temporary without reliable substance when we make that thing the main thing, we place ourselves in a position of insecurity. We place ourselves in the position of insecurity when we make the main thing in our life something that's temporary and not reliable. What do I mean by that? If your main thing is getting buckets, then my question for you is what do you do when you miss? If the main thing in your life is having the approval of the people around you, what do you do when you're rejected? If the main thing in your life is having enough money, what do you do when you're faced with the reality of not having enough? Dan Carter is a well-known individual in this country, but for the few people here coming from Siberia, uh, he is a All Black, a New Zealand rugby player. He scored 1,600 points for the All Blacks, 112 games, Matt Greenwood knows, and he um, uh, is... There's no real argument. He is the greatest first five in history, number 10 or kicker for those who don't know. And uh, enjoying the Siberia comment. And um, he was also a part of the unfortunate All Black side in 2007 that lost in the quarterfinal to France in Cardiff. And that was a really like uh, a sad day. I, I started to tear up that morning and I went for a run to try to deal with my emotions. And it was crazy. I ran outside. It was like 10 a.m. or something and I couldn't hear a single car on the road. It was just like our city was just quiet. And then about 10 minutes into the run, I just noticed cars going past and everyone's like, just driving home like it was a sad day. But there was one particular picture that really like stuck in my memory and it's just the, the picture of Dan Carter where he, he had to go off the field 25 minutes before the end of the game, which is really hard for a professional athlete to be out of the game that he loves so much and then to watch his team lose. And right at the end of the game, the French kick the ball out and then they're all celebrating, all the Frenchmen are celebrating in the crowd and then it cuts to this wee footage and it just shows Dan Carter sitting behind Byron Callagher and he's just looking into the distance, man, and that is a tough moment for him. And like he is so unemotional in that moment, yet you can see the tears in his eyes. And I do just want to show you that clip real quick, just so you can relate to it and connect to it. <laughs> you've, you're, you're what? Danka? Oh, awesome to have you here. Well, extraordinary scenes here in Cardiff. Dejected faces one side. Um, that's awesome. You can verify this. Uh, so, 
<laughs> We've got some accountability in the room. Um, so that was a really tough moment, you know, like four million people are leaning on you and your team and you drop the ball in the most, uh, the biggest upset. The All Blacks have never dropped out earlier than a semi-final until that moment. Now, now the French did have Wayne Barnes on the team, but that's another story. And so you would expect this to be uh, Dan Carter's most difficult moment in rugby, the moment where like the, the, the highest expectations ended up with the lowest result. And you could obviously see in that moment that he is struggling. But I watched a documentary. This is from his mouth. Um, <laughs> And in this documentary, uh, he shared that uh, that actually wasn't his toughest moment. That his toughest moment was actually when he was in high school. And so Dan Carter went to Christchurch Boys High School. Correct? Yes. He went to Christchurch Boys High School. And I think he was around 17. And uh, every year, Christchurch Boys High School play Christ College in an annual game of rugby. Now, this game's been going on for 127 years. It's a very long time. And so every year they play, and it's quite a big deal at a local level. Like, it does make Sky Sport, but it's a, it's a pretty big deal, but it's still just a local thing. And anyway, in the beginning, it was pretty even, college and boys high. But for the last 30 years, boys high have just dominated this fixture. And so Christ College won it in 1990, and then for the next nine years straight, Boys High won every single game. And so Dan Carter's playing in the year of 2000. This is his year to play in this game. Like for, for Boys High specific, like the rugby is the main sport. It's the main thing. And this is one of their main games of the year. And that happened to be the year that they lost. That happened to be the year that Christ College lost. And Dan actually said in this interview that that, that was harder to deal with than losing in the quarterfinal to France. He said that was harder to deal with because he didn't have anything else to lean on in that moment. That rugby was everything to him in that moment and he had no other ways to cope with that defeat. So he described a loss at age 17 in a local schoolboy fixture as a greater struggle and trial than losing to France in the quarterfinal with millions watching. His main thing in high school was rugby, and so when it didn't go his way, he couldn't find something in that moment to lean on. King Solomon wrote the book found in Proverbs um, chapter 3, verse 5, and he said there, Trust in the Lord God with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. So it's saying effectively the same thing both ways. So what you could do is change that first word, if you could please. And you could say, lean on the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And so I want to ask you the question, what is the main thing you are leaning on in life right now? What is the main thing you are leaning on in your life right now? Um, <clears throat> at a, a situation when I first became an electrician, I'm 17, I'm working in this building, it's like 12 stories tall, and there was a South African guy there, he was quite a big unit, and uh, someone came up to me at the at the beginning of the job, and they said, hey, just, just watch out for him, like he just sometimes walks off the job and stuff like that. Anyway, he comes up to me, and he says to me, um, listen, Josh, if, if you look after me, I'll, I'll look after you, and I'm like 17, I'm like, I don't know if I'm cool with that, I don't know what that means, and um, anyway, I'm sitting in this switchable room, it's probably about a third the size of the stage. And I'm working away in this panel, and this guy walks in, and he's about six foot four. He has a sizable frame on, on him. He, he wouldn't weigh less than 150. And he walks into the switchboard room, and he says, you don't mind me, Josh. I'm just going to take a seat down here. And he, he pulls out this, uh, this $2 green bucket from the warehouse, 
and he flips it upside down and I just stop what I'm doing and I'm like in shock. I'm like, What's, what is happening here? And he flips it upside down and then he goes to sit on it and he doesn't like gently lower himself on it. He doesn't consider how this is going to go, but he just commits. And the bucket didn't, it didn't bend, it didn't break, it shattered. It literally shattered into a billion small pieces and he ended up on the floor. If your main thing, the main thing in life is money, if that's the main thing you lean on is having enough money, what do you do when you don't have enough? That picture of the bucket is a picture of what our lives sometimes look like when we lean on something that is temporary and limited to this world. And sometimes we find ourselves lying on the floor with a shattered reality. If the band could come up, please. If the main thing in your life is your athletic ability, what do you do when you're injured temporarily or permanently? If the main thing in your life is being accepted by others, what do you lean on when someone rejects you? What do you lean on in that moment? The main thing in your life that you draw your identity from, your purpose from, your value from, your reference point for life. When that thing fails us, we lose our reference point. And this is often the time where people make drastic decisions with their lives. They engage with addictions. They engage with things that are really uh, unhealthy for them. But also this is the point where some of them find their faith in God. Some of them find that reality that they've been leaning on their whole life actually didn't have substance to it. And so God is able to meet them at that time. I haven't built my life on getting buckets, but I have built my life at different stages on each of the main things that people build their lives on. I've built my life on on having enough money. I've built my life on having a significant relationship, having a significant social status, having a, a good body. But in every one, often after a temporary high, I have found myself on the floor As that bucket shattered, so did my reality. And I know there's people in this room here who have felt that too, where the the, quote-unquote, the bottom has fallen out from you and you're lying flat on the floor and you're searching. You're searching because the thing you are leaning on turned out to not be of eternal substance. Learning what it is to have Jesus as the main thing in my life has not meant I never face troubles, has not meant I never face tough times, but it has meant I always have access to hope that my reality is challenged, but it has never been shattered since I put my trust in Him. And that's the invitation I leave for you tonight to weigh up what the main thing is in your life and to go on that journey of rechecking that, like what is the main thing in my life, learning and growing whether it's a sturdy foundation you can, build, you can build on or whether it's a man-made $2 bucket that's going to let you down. And my hope is that you would have the ability to see the most reliable thing that to be the main thing in your life is the person Jesus. That a life that leans on Jesus as your main thing is the most fulfilling, exciting, and purposeful life there is. Now, you each have to make that decision on your own, but it's a decision I have made. And it's a decision that gets challenged as we go through life, as the pressures of life come on. But I've made a decision to learn what it is to lean my entire life on Him, to lean my entire life 
on Him. So there's just two things I want to do as we close. That if you're in this place and you, you, you know what it is to lean on Jesus with your whole life, but you recognize as I shared or as we shared over the last few weeks that there are, there are just some areas of your life where you're sort of leaning on your own understanding. You haven't really allowed yourself to trust God in that area. And you, you feel a prompting in you that I actually I want to trust God in that area. I want to lean on God in a specific area of my life, whether it's finances, whether it's a relationship, a significant relationship, whether it's with your future, your job, your friends, whatever that looks like. If there's a significant area in your life, but it's only a part of your life and you feel to lean on God with that, I'm going to ask you to just pull out your phone now and chuck it on airplane mode. And... Um, <laughs> And no, actually, I want you to write down on that thing what that thing is. I want, to, I want you to write down on your phone right now if there's one area in your life that you know what it is to lean on God with your whole life, but there's an area of your life where you know you're leaning on your own understanding, that you're leaning on something that's temporary, that's fragile, and that you feel that there's something that you could entrust more to God and lean on Him. Then I encourage you just to write that down. And then just before we finish, there's just one more. Just if you're in this place and you, either you do know what it was like to lean on God with your whole life, to trust Him with your whole life, but, but the pressures of life have led you to take that back, to take that control of your whole life back and to lean on to other things. And maybe the bottom's fallen out for you recently. Maybe you've found yourself lying on the floor with a shattered reality. Maybe that, maybe that is you recently and you just realise like, no, I need, to, I need to get back to that place where I'm leaning on God with my whole life. Or maybe you're here and you've never lent on God with your whole life, that you don't actually know what that is to have a relationship with Him, to trust Him with your whole life, to know that peace that comes from being in line with your Creator. Then I want to give you that opportunity tonight. So if you're comfortable to just close your eyes in this place, we're just going to extend an invitation that if you don't know what it is to lean on Jesus with your whole life, but you feel in this moment that you want to know what that is, you want to begin that journey of leaning on Him, trusting Him with your whole life, or you've never experienced that, and you say, I want to know what it is to trust Him with my whole life, to lean on Him with my whole life, then I'm going to ask you just in a moment to raise your hand. Just to raise your hand, just to be brave. I'm going to bless it and you can put it down. God bless you, I see that hand. God bless you, I see that hand. If there's anyone else here that you feel to say, like maybe I know what it is, but, but I've taken life into my own reins, I'm leaning, I'm leaning, God bless you, I see that hand. I'm leaning, God bless you, I see that hand. I'm leaning on my own understanding. I'm leaning on having enough money. I'm leaning on being enough. I'm leaning on myself. I'm leaning on my family, but I'm ready to lean on God. I'm ready to begin that journey. Is there anyone else who wants to join these four people to make that decision tonight? Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. I see the hand. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, well, we're just going to take a moment to pray together as a church family. When you decide to lean on God with your whole life, it's not an individual thing, although you do have to take responsibility for it. You do become a part of a family that loves you and values you. So we're just going to say a prayer together. And if you're comfortable, if everyone could just follow after me. Dear Jesus, I turn from my old ways, from leaning on my own understanding and the ways of this world. And I choose in this moment to lean on you, my Creator and my Heavenly Father. I pray that the Holy Spirit 
your Spirit will come and fill me right now and that I may know what it is to be in relationship with my Creator. I receive you as my Lord and my Saviour and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, Amen. Why don't we celebrate that? That's awesome.